Hello, and welcome to another fun-filled, fantastic edition of the Tech Edition Podcast. I'm here with my brother Clarence. How is it going, sir? It is going great, man, and it's uh, awesome to be back for two weeks in a row. So, yeah. Indeed. Doing well. How are you doing, sir? Um, Not bad. Not bad. Happy to be establishing a trend here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get back on that horse and ride. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right, cool. So let's jump right into it. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, So Apple um, tomorrow, actually, which we're recording on Thursday, actually, but tomorrow on Friday, which when you guys hear this will probably be two days ago, um, Apple will have released the iPhone SE 2. And this little buddy, this little bugger is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's basically, I mean, it looks exactly like an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 7. You have your home button, you know, like you're used to, but there's one small difference. Well, actually, there's two big differences. The first being is that it costs $400. Crazy. Which is really cheap for an iPhone. But the second one, and this is the kicker, it has the same internal hardware as the iPhone 11. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) And this is what the second time they've went back to a previous design and kind of upgraded the innards. Yeah. Uh, That being said, that design in 2020 looks very dated. (laughs) <laughs> it does it does it does but i mean if you if you remember the iphone se when it came out it looked like a little microscopic phone compared yeah. to the seven and eight you know it definitely was a generation behind it was basically an iphone was it 4s was it s uh, yeah i think so like the iphone 4s it was basically an iphone 4s design with the iphone like five or six i can't remember what whatever generation it, but it had the innards. It was kind of the same thing, but that phone still still sold really well. I think the smaller size actually helped it a, a bit. Yeah, and I also feel like people not everybody's ready for no home button. You know, um, it, it looks dated, but you know, I mean, with me now, like I'm not really happy with the iPhone 10 and 11 with with the um, what do you call it? The um, Face ID. Not even, well, yeah, the face ID and that little, like, the little thing at the top, the notch. Oh, yeah. Like, um, the if notch. you're not a fan of the notch and, you know, you need something a little smaller and you want, like, a tactile button and you want a fingerprint scanner, I mean, it's a pretty sweet deal. It actually is cheaper than the new OnePlus phones, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. OnePlus is supposed to be, like, the value phone, you know, the value flagship, and here's Apple just totally undercutting them. Um. Yeah, and and they're definitely hitting it in at that sweet spot on the price at you know just that four hundred bucks, which is just crazy to be able to buy a iPhone in twenty twenty outright for four hundred bucks. That is pretty pretty freaking awesome. And you know, and the fact that the innards are upgraded, uh, I will say it does look funny now when you look at the camera on the these phones because it has a single single camera. <laughs> On the back, it just looks weird. We've been programmed 
for bezelless more than one <laughs> bezelless all screen phones and then multi camera arrays on the back. So it's definitely a throwback, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to sell a, a, a crap ton of these. Yeah, they are. I mean, there's some also some some modern features built into this phone. So not only do you have the iPhone 11 innards, the iPhone 11 CPU, you have a 12 megapixel camera. It has 4K video capture, 7 megapixel front facing camera, um, which is about what the iPhone 8 had. Um, yeah. But here's something the iPhone 8 didn't have. It is water resistant, just like the newer phones, IP67, whatever that means. It has dual SIMs. And it also has wireless charging. So, I mean, wow. it has some nice little features built into it um, that, you know, so, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of a modern, like, value <laughs> flex. I don't know what you call it, but it. I think this phone, just from a price perspective, will sell really well. Um, yeah. Because I feel like with the, with the newer phones, what Apple's mostly selling is their design. So people aren't going to care that this phone has like the same internals as the as the flagship flagship phones. I don't think people are going to care. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I never thought I'd see an iPhone this cheap. I don't think the original SE was this cheap. Well, I take that back. It was. It was three ninety nine for sixteen gigabytes. And and I think what it really does is like for the person that is is on the Android side of things and they may have would have gotten another, you know, cheap, nameless Samsung something <laughs> Android phone. Samsung uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah, Samsung whatchamacallit. <laughs> and when they see this, they're probably going to get this because they've been, it's like you always, uh, being on the Android side, side for so long, you always want to float and play around with the other uh, what's going on on the other side. And the fact that at a budget price they can get in the game, I think it's going to do really well. Yeah, and I mean, another thing to think about is that, like you said, this is going against like the Galaxy 10 S10e, yeah. which is I think six hundred bucks. Yes, and it would it absolutely blows that out of the water. The Pixel 3a, I don't remember how much the Pixel 3a costs, but it's maybe around the same price. It's probably pretty close. Um, but I'm, but I'm, yeah, no, I was going to say I'm, I'm sure we can go to any of the the top carriers websites and see what they have available for $400. And it's going to be a bunch of stuff we don't even know about, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so the pixel three, a, the cheap version of the pixel is actually $400 as well. So that's interesting. Hmm. Maybe that's why Apple decided to release this to kind of compete with the, the pixel like lower end models. Yeah. I don't know. Which is funny because I don't, I don't even think the pixel was really on Apple's radar to be honest. Uh, really? But, but eh, the Pixel is still a niche device, man. Let's be it honest. It is? Definitely. In my opinion, what? yes. Uh, yes. What the? How many people? I can tell you how many people I know with a Pixel right now. Zero. <laughs> I have a Pixel. Oh, well, other other than you. <laughs> so I didn't know you. I thought you had an iPhone. You was just recently switched over. No, for this Christmas, I okay, switched over well, to a Pixel 4. Well, um, you're the only person I know with a Pixel. Dude, I know a lot of people, <laughs> like, I can think of right off the top of my head, five or six people that have Pixels. My boss has one. Two of the people that I worked with have one. But um, A bunch of people at my previous job had them, too. But these are mostly techies. Yeah. Like, you're right. Maybe it, is, maybe it is a niche thing. I don't know. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even think the normal person is barely going to know what a Pixel is. I don't know. True. 
I mean, they definitely. I guess I can see that. I mean, it's like Samsung Galaxy iPhone and then everything else. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would go as far as to call it a niche device, but I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's definitely yeah. not. It's not a not one of the main main heavyweights. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the specs. I mean, Pixel has the arguably the best camera on the market right now. So you can't. I, that's not an indication of the specs that it has on board. It's just that. Uh, awareness and the people actually knowing what it is, and I guess popularity ultimately. Uh, but gotta yeah. move them units. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. I guess we beat that into the ground. <laughs> what's What's next? Uh, well, I see you have a Minecraft story here, but I'm gonna talk about something else that I've been seeing stories pop up on very recently. And yeah, go ahead. I think very few people have actually gotten um, their hands on this, and I'm looking it up because I want to get it right. But the name of it is uh, Minecraft Dungeons, and it's basically a Diablo-esque format where it's kind of over the top, and four people can play it once in the Minecraft world. What? I've never heard of this. Wow. Yeah, I signed up for the beta uh, because I saw it pop up on the Gadgeter, or uh, The Verge, I can't remember which one. But it looks pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it does look like a Diablo-esque top, top you know, um, isometric yeah. top-down view type thing. So, yeah, it's going to be on Game Pass, I guess, on the 26th. But um, let's see. Unite, fight, survive. Fight your way through an all-new action-adventure game inspired by classic dungeon crawlers and set in the Minecraft universe. With up to four friends can play together. Or you can break the dungeons alone, battle new and ta- new and nasty mobs across action pack, treasure stuff, wildly varied levels, and an all new epic quest to defeat an evil arch enemy, arch Alan, that, arch lag, logger, arch log, whatever the arch enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that, that does look pretty interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to play this with my kids, man. It looks pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it does look cool. Awesome. But anyway. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Minecraft, <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, uh, today marked the launch, which is today's Thursday, uh, April 16th. It marks the launch of the Minecraft RTX uh, beta. Um, and what is RTX, you might ask? You might ask. Um, we've talked about it quite a bit on past podcasts. Um, but basically, we're talking about complete dynamic lighting and um, it's called, well, it's called, they call it ray tracing, but technically like full ray tracing is also called something that's called path tracing, whereas all of the light is dynamically calculated. So, I mean, um, all of the textures have certain properties encoded into them. So if it's like um, supposed to be like reflective things reflect off of it if it's supposed to be like um like a shiny or metal or mirrory surface like however you can describe what the surface is like and then the light will react accordingly um this is extremely expensive in cpu terms as far as like um processing power uh so this was actually the perfect game to like showcase this because it's not a very graphically intensive game the only other game that I know that has full ray tracing like this would be the Quake 2 um, RTX 
remake that they did. Uh-huh. Um, there, there are some games that Im- in- implement RTX, but RTX itself isn't necessarily ray tracing. Um, Call of Duty, for example, um, the last Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There's a bunch of games that actually use RTX features, but n- none of those games really use the full gamut of RTX capabilities simply because it would not really be playable or at a playable frame rate. But with the advent of something called DLSS 2.0, which I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically a version of super sampling or upscaling that actually renders the game at a lower resolution. Mm-hmm. And then using um, machine learning, it upscales it to look like the whatever resolution you have your computer set at. Um, the 1.0 version of this was kind of a joke. It was really blurry. It wasn't really that nice to look at. But um, that was because they were training each game. They were, they were running a machine learning model for each game, and it had to be done like per game. And you still kind of have to do it per game, but basically... What NVIDIA changed is they're running all the games off a single model, like a single trained model, mm-hmm. instead of having models specifically for games. So the the um, I guess the better way, best way to put it would be like um, instead of having a specific calibration for each game, there's just kind of a general calibration in each game that you know opts into this yeah it gets added to that general like calibration instead of there being one instead of there being one for each separate game um and it kind of cuts down on resources and um in some ways I, I i'm i'm sure there's more to it than that um but there for some reason it just looks a whole lot better so um so um i got a few questions for you off the top <laughs> yeah sure so uh, I'm sure we'll drop the uh, link to this Tech Radar article in our show notes. But I have to ask you for this Minecraft RTX version of Minecraft. Is this, in fact, the same game with just the new lighting? Because it looks like an entirely different game. It looks so good. It is the exact same game. Wow. <laughs> All they've changed is the lighting engine, basically. Well, I take that back. Um, It is running. Well, they pretty much had to rewrite the engine to implement this. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what they call the new engine. I was it, it flashes it up there when you play. I can't remember. But anyway, they they re- had to rewrite the engine because in the original Minecraft engine there were just two um there were just two properties to blocks. Uh-huh. Um, one of them was uh opacity and the other was I can't remember, maybe it was sound. Um, but they added a bunch of different properties to the blocks and the textures on blocks to be able to do this. So, I mean, they did have to rewrite some parts of the engine. Um, but, I mean, the dis- the difference is staggering. Um, and it's least. funny how, you, it's funny how, like, how much, how big of a difference lighting can make. But if you think about it, it, it kind of does make sense because... If you think about like how long it takes Pixar or I can't DreamWorks or whoever these three D companies are, or even like ILM or Lucasfilm, how long it takes them to render the CG for these um, films? Yeah, most of that is just calculating the lighting, and I mean that's the huge difference between like if you see like a three D show like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on Disney Channel and or like a feature film like Frozen Two. The biggest difference is not like the poly count. Like that's what everybody thinks about is polygon count. 
And honestly, there is a difference in polygon count, but the biggest difference is how the lighting is calculated. Um, it's a lot more detailed and a lot more um, detailed. <laughs> that was the right word. It's, it was, it's just a lot more detailed and um, realistic in these 3D movies. And you can like, it, it's not really something you can describe, but when you look at, when you look at something on like TV as opposed to like a feature film, you know there's a difference. You may not be able to like put your finger on it because I know I couldn't for the longest time. Yeah. But it's definitely the lighting. Wow. But yeah, if you go to this page, they have a bunch of sliders. So they've basically captured the same scene with the RTX off and RTX on. And the difference is crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Especially like with the reflective surface surfaces and the transparent surfaces. And it's just like, it just, like you said, it doesn't even like the same game in some, some of these scenes. Yeah. Just because of the way the lighting is acting. It's just way more realistic. But yeah, you can download it. You can download it yourself if you opt into the Minecraft. Well, I think first you have to own Minecraft on PC. And then you can opt in. Well, there's also the requirement. You need to have a a GeForce RTX card. That's the biggest barrier to entry there. You, you, You can't use this unless you have a GeForce RTX card. But if you do, you can go to Microsoft's, um, what is it called? You can download, if you have Windows 10, you can download the Xbox Insider Hub and opt into the Minecraft beta, select the RTX version, and then when you go to the Windows Microsoft Store, or just the Microsoft Store, sorry, and you, you can either update your, your copy or what I had to do was just uninstall Minecraft and then when I reinstalled it, it installed the RTX version. Oh, so you have um, it. Yeah, yeah, I have it. Oh wow! Um, I've been pl- I've been playing around with it today. I mean, it's it's really amazing. I'll send you some screenshots that I took earlier. But um, there's two kind of caveats to the beta. The first one being, like, if you just load up the original vanilla map, you're not going to get RTX. You have to actually. There's a couple environments or I guess maps that uh, Microsoft had uh, some designers build. I think it's like four or five different maps that you can download and load up and those have the RTX features enabled on them. And the difference is I'm going to send you some of the screenshots I took of, can you switch back and forth on the fly or? Yeah. Um, there's actually a a toggle in the advanced video settings to where you can, you can, you can click the RTX on and off and you can, um, click the DLSS. They just call it upselling, upscaling in the settings, but you can toggle both of those on and off. And I mean, the difference is pretty significant. Um, you should do a live was, stream of that. That I know that's amazing. I, I really yeah, want to yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah, I may do that. I may just do a live stream of it. But I mean, the difference is definitely pretty cool. I'll, there's one screenshot I want to send you. I'm just gonna send it real quick. I want I want to see what you think of. I'll just post it in Slack. Bum, 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 bum. I'll try to do this quickly. And just you can see like the bottom, the floor on this, I'm po- I'm posting it now. The floor on this is like a marble texture and it's reflecting. Oh, wow. It's reflecting the, the lighting up at the top. I mean, it looks even better than the screenshots that people have been posting, honestly, because 
Yeah, so that's marble. I thought it was water at first, and then I walked on it and it didn't sink down. But there's actually a marble texture, and like each of the blocks can, well, they can emit light in the older version, but it's a lot more noticeable now, um, and it's a lot more realistic. That's uh, so like those surfaces, like those brick surfaces, um, if you like get close to them, they're actually textured like bricks. They aren't just like a solid block. Um, they have texture to them, and the light actually bounces off of them like they're brick. Um, it's pretty amazing. And Render Dragon is the name of the new engine. It's up at the top of that screenshot. But um, yeah, and if you turn off DLSS, um, it um, your frame rate pretty much cuts in half. <laughs> <laughs> it gets real choppy. But honestly, I couldn't visually tell a difference between having it on and having it off. It's it's I believe it's on in this screenshot and it doesn't really look it's not blurry at all. It looks like it's being rendered in my native resolution. Um, but yeah. if you do have RTX card, it's free. So definitely check it out. It's worth the download just to play around in. Quite beautiful. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we'll pivot real quick away from video games before coming right back to it. But um. <laughs> So I want to talk about this deal that Microsoft has cut yet again with a, a top tier sports organization. Indeed. So, uh, so Microsoft signed a multi-year deal with the NBA for Azure and Surface. This deal starts in 2021. It involves AI, machine learning, and more. So uh, taking this from a Verge article here. Um the deal will see the NBA using Microsoft's Azure platform to live to broadcast live and in, in on-demand games with personalized content, which, you know, that sounds semi-interesting. I'm not sure what that's yeah. about. But, <laughs> but like, you know, you see all of the people on the sidelines with their surfaces in the, in the NFL. Yeah. They're going to have <laughs> this similar thing going on with the NBA now where they'll use uh, all Microsoft Surface products throughout the company. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it sounds interesting uh, that Microsoft is, is has this play. I do feel like they're in a the unique position to be one of the few companies that can actually do this other than uh, to, to, to provide the at least a full package for this. Because, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Amazon could do some of this. Apple could do some of this. But they're really the only one that could do all, all of it. it as far as the hardware and the cloud services as well. So, yeah, I find that all pretty interesting, and, yeah, kudos to Microsoft. Yeah, the first thing I thought about when I saw this was there's this Patriots game where Bill Belichick was, like, not able to get the <laughs> Surface tablet to work correctly, and he just, like, throws it on the ground. <laughs> oh, boy. Because <laughs> he was frustrated with what was happening in the game. But, yeah, it's going to be cool to see the Surfaces on the sidelines. Yeah, I think it would be pretty interesting. Now, the thing is, I wonder if it's going to be like it was with Beats a few years ago where, oh, if you're not, if you don't have Beats on, you can't even show your uh, earphones in public, you know, at the oh, game. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if it's going to be something similar. I doubt it, but who knows? Yeah, that would suck, but I guess it depends on how much money they're paying them. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And then, you know, the deal starts in 20, 2021. Uh, but who knows when the season will actually start? Sports. Very ball. true. Very true. 
Oh yeah, and we, we don't have the actual story here, but there was another kerfuffle in E NASCAR, wasn't it? This past oh, week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was. I what is wrong with the guys these guys? Name. I'm gonna look it up real quick. It, I can type in two words: NASCAR. <laughs> two N words: NASCAR. <laughs> and oh boy, yeah, NASCAR uh, driver was suspended for using the N word. His name was Kyle Larson. And the funny thing about this, or I guess the ironic thing about this, is he's actually part Asian. What? <laughs> yeah, I think his grandmother, one, his grandmother or something was Asian. And he actually got into NASCAR uh, through this minority racing series thing to where, he, yeah, it's I can't remember exactly what it was, but he that's how he was able to get into NASCAR is... Uh, let me see. There was some kind of like minority racing series or something. It was something like that. Wow. So do we think it's just that, I think we mentioned this last week, but is it just that these NASCAR people, drivers are just so used to being in their car, mostly siloed <laughs> off. Now they do wear headsets <laughs> while they're in, you know, they're actually driving. So I can't imagine that might this, like this be going on, but in in this case, I mean, in this case, I don't think that was the case because I watched the video, right? And it's not like he got cut off or something, and he just got really upset, and it just like came out. It wasn't even like that. Like he was, he was just there. It wasn't even an intense moment. He asked, like, "Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?" And like nobody responded, and he just blurted it out, like hard R, just blurted it out for like uh. no reason. Like it was, you can't even say he like did it in the heat of the moment. Like it just, it was totally like yeah. not. It was there was yeah. I think I saw, there was. No, I, I think I saw the end of because like one of the guys like, dude, you're you're still you're still alive, dude. We heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like no, yeah, it was like no, there was like no reason for. I mean, there's never a reason for anybody to say that word, like in a condescending manner or whatever. But like, there was really like he can't even use the excuse of I was like really upset or like it. It was yeah, made so, no sense. But did he get dropped like the guy that? Uh, oh, he that, got kicked out. He got kicked out of NASCAR. Like oh. he 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 can't even race. Wow, they kicked him out. <laughs> Man, e NASCAR bites uh, strikes again. I guess. <laughs> yep, they ain't playing around. <laughs> wow. Ain't playing, in the words of the great mystical. We're talking about a video game, man. A video game. <laughs> <laughs> game is life, I guess. Ah, well, from one depressing story to another. <laughs> um so we're all experiencing this coronavirus thing. And um one of the things a lot of technology companies have been working on is how to track it. Uh, and basically, Google and Apple have kind of like pulled back the veil on their contact tracing plans. Um, I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. I'm probably not going to do a good job of it, so I apologize in advance. But basically, the way this works is, okay, excuse me, the way this works is, Everybody, I'm assuming there's some kind of app or something you have to install, but basically everybody that has this app installed. Uh, there's going to be like this low um, short range Bluetooth uh, tracing system that's going to emit a signal from your phone 
while you're out and about, I guess, or as long as it's turned on. And basically when you come into close proximity with somebody else that has the, um, the app installed, um, it will record whatever like code or number that your phone is sending out. Yep. And basically the way this works is you go about your day and then like, let's say like two weeks later, you find out you have the virus. So you flag yourself as somebody that has the virus. And basically what this app will do is everybody that you came into proximity with who has your codes like saved on their phone's database or the app's database, it will alert them and let them know, Hey, they won't even say who it is. They'll just be like, Hey, you came into contact with somebody who had the virus. You may, you know, you may want to get checked out or whatever. Um, and it's supposed to be they they came up with some kind of cryptography cryptography scheme to make this all like secure. They actually released a white paper on it. It's called the Apple Google Google Cryptography Specification for Contact Tracing. <laughs> um, I'll spare you the boring details on that, but Basically, it says, upon a positive test of a user for COVID-19, their diagnosis keys and associated day numbers are uploaded to the diagnosis server. Diagnosis server is a server that aggregates the diagnosis keys from the users who tested positive and distributes them to all the user clients who are using contact tracing. In order to identify any exposures, each client frequently fetches the list of diagnosis keys. Since diagnosis keys are sets of daily tracing keys with their associated daily numbers, each of the clients are able to rederive the sequence of rolling proximity identifiers that were advertised over Bluetooth from users who tested positive. Okay, there, and it goes on from there, but you kind of get the idea. Um, if everybody like opts into this, which I'm assuming they will, I know I will once yes. it's available. Um it will really go a long way into us being able to trace, you know, infection rates. And I mean, everybody has a phone now, so there's yeah. really no excuse not to do this. Um, yeah. I just hope that everybody installs it or shoot. I would be okay with them just automatically installing it on everybody's phone, but yeah. they're I, probably I think, not going to do that. I think they said the next version of the operating system is probably going to be built in. But I will say, man, ah. it, 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 it really encourages me to hear you say that you like this idea uh, even, you know, we are in, in perilous times right now, but I know that you are one of the most privacy advoc- advocacy per- persons that I know, you know, yeah. you're, you're very much a privacy wrong, advocate. It, it, well, don't get I, me wrong. If they were identifying you like saying, hey, X and X got the virus, then I would have a lot more problems with yeah. it. But seeing as how it's semi-anonymous as to like, it doesn't tell you exactly who had it. It just lets you know that you were in contact with somebody that has it. Like I'm, I'm totally, especially considering the circumstances, I'm totally okay with this. I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, and it is very similar to, I think MIT proposed um, a solution that was pretty much the same as this for the most part. But yeah, I mean, definitely having these big tech companies behind it. And if it, I think with the information behind this being so sensitive, they will do it right. And the fact that you're pretty, the, the fact that you re- remain anonymous throughout all of this uh, really, really makes it sound like the solution we should have. Um, yeah, and I can't wait till they get it implemented, actually. Yeah. Yeah, they can't get this out fast enough, honestly. Because there will be something else down the line, you know. <laughs> We're dealing with uh, yeah. COVID-19 now, but who knows? It may be 20, 10, 20 years from now, whatever. Uh, we definitely 
I need to get ahead of and to have something like this in place, man. No kidding. So hats off to um, Apple and Google for working together on this. Yeah. The way our technology companies are, you know, banding together to solve problems, it it really warms my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Warm fuzzies. Yeah. Cool. Uh, What else do we have? Hmm. We have Uh, some PlayStation news. Do you want to go into that? Yeah. So, um, we talked about last week again of, of the consoles coming out in 2020, which, you know, again, we're going through a pandemic right now and you wouldn't think they would actually come out this year, but they're still slated. I'm holding up quotes right now to come out this year. Uh, and, and Sony has actually uh, outlined a bit of some uh, of their production schedule or production mm-hmm. uh, ramp up for this year for some of their uh, PlayStation 5. Uh, consoles and it's not going to be as a uh, 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 big of a launch as you would have thought, um, and it kind of makes sense that you know uh, with the certain wow, excuse me, it makes sense with the situation we're in right now actually, and you know uh, where these consoles are produced, and yeah, so you want to go in a little bit of article while I'm rambling? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're basically just planning to not produce as many units um in the first year. Uh, which okay. I'm assuming it's probably because, it's, well, I mean, mainly because of COVID, mainly because of the expense of the parts. Yeah. Um, and I believe they're going to, it's going to be, it's going to have a higher, a higher price. Uh, and you know, that all affects everything, especially with the COVID-19 people aren't able to work to produce the parts. So Part prices are probably going to go up. I believe memory prices are slated to go up. So um, they're only planning to make five or six million units for like the entire world. So um, Mm. that could get hairy real quick. You'll probably see $1,000 PS5s toward the end of the year on eBay. Mm. Um, But yeah, they're just kind of giving the investors a heads up, I believe. And um, that really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah just the memory by itself in the storage for the ps5 is going to be like 250 dollars a unit that's the same for the xbox series x because they are using nvme drives they're using gddr6 memory which is like the most gpus aren't even using gddr6 yet i think nvidia just started rolling out gpus with that memory so just to give you an idea how bleeding edge these consoles are going to be well, at least they're bleeding edge right now until NVIDIA releases their next generation of cars this fall. Um, PC Master Race hashtag. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to get hairy real quick. And yeah. And again, like, I mean, I, th- I think it's twofold. I think it's one, maybe some of the production could be more difficult or more costly, to, you know, uh, amid the certain circumstances we're in right now. And B, people are probably going to have less less disposable income um, next year yeah. or the early part of next year or later this year. So it's kind of two parts that are maybe uh, leading them to make this decision to kind of scale it back a little bit. Yeah. And I also think like reading in between the lines, they probably don't want to dump a whole bunch of money right now with all the uncertainty. They probably don't want to dump a whole bunch of money into manufacturing consoles, you know, in case this doesn't get better, which I yeah. feel like would be the most 
realistic reason why they're not making them. Yeah. Um, but we'll, you know, I'm sure it's multiple reasons why. Yeah, and they're making those decisions right now to start that chain of events. So they, you know, they kind of have to make those decisions now. And, you know, like you said, we don't know where we're going to be, uh, what, six months to a year from now. So makes a lot of sense, sir. <laughs> nice. Uh, and yeah, just to keep it going on the PlayStation news, uh, they also, Sony released, uh, I guess, to encourage people to stay the F home, like Samuel Jackson. They um, <laughs> <laughs> they released two games for free, one of which I already have. The, they released the Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection and Journey. You, if you have a PS4, you can download both of those for free off of the PlayStation Store. Um, I already had Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. It's still sitting in the shrink wrap on top of my PS4 um, because all I play is Persona on it. <laughs> I have Kingdom Hearts 3. I have Spider-Man. I have Horizon Zero Dawn. I've got Secret of Mana. I, and I have the only other drink, the PS4 game that I actually played a lot of is Dragon Quest IX. Um, but I imagine I'll, I'll probably download this anyway. That way I can just keep that one in the shrink wrap. <laughs> yeah. You playing yeah. the Final Fantasy either? Any lately? Or? Um, I haven't bought it yet just because I wanted to finish Persona 5 first. Um, Got you. But I do plan on buying it once I finish Persona 5. I'm probably about, I'd say I'm about three-fifths of the way through it. And once I finish that, then I'll be getting Final Fantasy 7. Jumping on that. Also, well, let's let's see. Do we have anything else, or was that it? Um, cri- did we talk about Crisis? We did not. And I think that's the last story we have. Uh, the game that would kill all systems is now coming <laughs> to the Switch. Twelve <laughs> years later, it will run on your PC. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, did, did you? Play this back in the day? Because I remember I could never run it on my, my box I had back then. Um, I actually bought Crisis, and I could run it, but I wasn't crazy about it. I mean, I couldn't run it with great frame rates, but the, the kind of the follow-up slash expansion called Crisis Warhead is one of my favorite FPS games, like, of all time. It is oh, wow. so much fun, and the dialogue between the main character... Because basically, Crisis Warhead is you're on an island in Crisis, and you're talking to this character the whole time, but you never actually see him. Crisis Warhead is actually you playing that other character on the other side of the island, um, that you've been like communicating with the entire time, and you're like playing things from his side of the story. And it's, I I really enjoyed it a lot more than the original game, um. And I played all the way through it. It was amazing. So I'm hoping they also remaster Crisis Warhead. But the the funny thing about Crisis is with Crisis 2 and 3, they actually had to scale the engine back to like make sure it ran great. <laughs> um, they disabled a bunch of features. But um, if you remember, Crisis 2 and Crisis 3 were actually on consoles. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they, they never released the original Crisis on a game console. Um, but the cool thing about it is there's not really a whole lot they have to do to remaster this game because it still looks great. They're basically, I believe, you're just going to give it higher resolution textures and add um, and add ray tracing. But they're not using like NVIDIA RTX or anything for the ray tracing. So they've written their own ray tracing like algorithm or API or whatever you want to call it. Oh, wow. Like into the CryEngine. 
and you, you'll be able to turn on ray tracing on any GPU. Um, they actually have a um, a CryEngine ray tracing demo. It's called like Noir or something. Let me see. Ray tracing. It's called Neon Noir. It's Neon N-O-I-R. And you can actually download this and run it. Like you could run it on your GPU now. It's, mm. it's a benchmark, but you don't need any specialized hardware for it. And, you know, I'm assuming since they touted this that you would be able to run it like on any GPU. I mean, as long as, you know, you have the horsepower to do it. But it's it's very well implemented because I actually was able to run this benchmark when I had a 1080 Ti. And it ran fairly well. Um, and it's full ray tracing. So it, I'm really excited about this. Number one, just so I can play through crisis again but also to see like the new features and everything um i'm really excited about it so definitely you know keep an eye out for it yeah sweet sweet man yeah i think i might check this one out because you know again like i never really played the first version i mean when it came around the first time i really didn't <laughs> pay a lot of attention to it because i know i couldn't run it uh so yeah i'll definitely uh pick up this one to give it a try yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Sixty bucks. Uh, I'm. They haven't announced the price yet. I'm hoping it's not sixty, but it probably will be. I just can't believe that it's gonna be on the Switch. Like that's <laughs> kind of a head scratcher. <laughs> but yeah, it really is. Yeah. Cool. So, um, anything you want to plug? Any last words before we sign off? Oh, um. Not really other than to say just um, if you're into Star Trek or Doctor Who, check out the other two podcasts I'm on, which are Discussing Who and Discussing Trek, which can be found at both DiscussingWho.com and DiscussingTrek.com. So if you're into those properties, definitely check out those podcasts as well. Right on. And then I guess we'll be signing off for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. Climb aboard the perilous journey of one man attempting to reach a distant world and the woman on Earth who battles endlessly to keep him alive. Mission Control, was that sound what I think it was? We're not sure yet, but we know it can't be good. Join the thousands of science fiction adventure fans who have discovered Relativity at RelativityPodcast.com. Relativity?